0: in a dojo and dynamite Dynamo Japan in ring is out of sight All elite TNT make it feel right Japan all elite time to unite One's name Rich the other Ashley The number one pod for the whole family Time to fill your wrestling appetite It's time to start dojo and dynamite yeah.
1: guys, this is Ashley and Rich here with episode 83 of Dojo and Dynamite. It is Friday, July 2nd. Gearing up here for a nice long weekend. Uh, It's finally cooling down a bit.
0: Yeah, it's going to rain all weekend though.
1: It's good for the plants.
0: It is good for the plants. It's been very hot. Good for the lemon, good good for for the the
1: eggplant, and all the cacti.
0: And for those of you in the United States, Happy Fourth of July! Celebrating a long weekend. Hopefully, you had off from work either Friday or Monday. A little observance of the holiday falling on the Sunday, but
1: not going to complain about a long weekend.
0: No, but we had two major shows since the last time we had a podcast. We had one Saturday night dynamite, which was Jungle Boy versus Omega, and we had Wednesday night dynamite, which was MJF versus Sammy Guevara. We had two major shows. Back on tour now, starting next week in Miami. This is one of those podcasts we kind of have to, like, jump in because we have two major shows to talk about and what's going to come over the next four weeks.
1: Yeah, very, very busy. Let me let me just say, though, it feels great to be back on Wednesday nights.
0: Yeah, it's a lot easier. I mean, today's Friday. We had a, a day yesterday where, you know, Ashley got out of work and fell asleep, and next thing you know, it was 8 o'clock.
1: I went to take a quick 15-minute power nap, and, yeah, next thing... You know, it was three hours and, oops, it wasn't supposed to happen like that. But here we are, nonetheless. So, obviously, we're a few days removed from Saturday Night Dynamite, so we'll just kind of fly through that.
0: Yeah, we'll touch upon what happened on Saturday. We'll we'll talk about how it transitioned to Wednesday, because everything that happened Saturday kind of had a rhyme or reason for Wednesday, so it was kind of like a two-parter.
1: Yeah. So Saturday Night Dynamite opened up with singles action. We had Will Hobbs, Powerhouse Will Hobbs versus Hangman Adam Page.
0: Which at some point, you know, we had a couple of friends come over, which was cool to watch a dynamite with them because normally we only watch pay-per-views. So it's cool to watch a dynamite with people here. You know, one of the things that we all kind of talked about was like, how many pinfalls can Will Hobbs take? I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about, you know, after the pay-per-view at some point, Will Hobbs is going to have to get some of these victories back. I mean, obviously he's a big guy, and this is something that wrestling fans, uh, I think they can account for this. When you look at the WWE also, I, I talk about it quite often. These big guys eat too many defeats. So, you know, another loss by Will Hobbs, you have this friction, which you know, comes over into Wednesday where you're having, like, Ricky Starks fighting Brian Cage for the FTW title, which is, like... And then Hook spoke.
1: Yeah. We got Hook caught in a promo. Team Taz is in shambles. We got Ricky Starks versus... But at
0: some point, like, Will Hobbs is going to have to do something like, get a victory over somebody. Because, I mean, right now, he kind of feels like the third wheel. And, like, I've talked about this. I mentioned this months ago that I was disappointed because I just didn't feel like this was the right fit. He was getting over as a natural big babyface. Big guys don't get over as babyfaces quite often. So it's easier to sell them as heels. Big, monstrous, you know, uh, angry men. So being able to get him over and transition him as a face, I think, was a very good start to his career. They move him into Team Taz. Obviously, it's high profile. Obviously, he gets him on television. But now he's on television all the time, which I'm glad for, but he's eating defeats on television. But it's not necessarily helping the exposure. What it's doing is it's kind of showing that because Ricky, obviously, he's injured, but because Ricky's not working, because Brian doesn't work, and because Hook doesn't work, it looks like Powerhouse Hobbs is the guy that's going to you know eat defeats for Taz. So hopefully, this turns into something where, you know, Hobbs gets tired of Taz putting him in these fucking situations where he can't get a win. And maybe that kind of transitions more to what Hobbs does afterward. We'll see, obviously. This is a patient game. This one needs to kind of be slow.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. But he's looked good in all his showings. I mean, he he looks strong and dominant. It's just that end result.
0: From the moment that he started to now, he's grown tremendously. Absolutely. I mean, he's working with really great people. I think Christian Cage was excellent to work with. Adam Page now is excellent to work with. So I do think that working with these big veterans is very, very helpful. I call Adam Page a veteran, but, I mean, he's been around the world. No. wrestling in major, sure. major promotions and major, major matches. So I mean that in that way. You know, he's a veteran of this business at a level that is maybe above what Will Hobbs, who's also a veteran in this business, but maybe above what Will Hobbs has in terms of exposure on the major level for television purposes.
1: No, I think, yeah, that that's... The, that's the right term. It's it's good exposure for powerhouse because he's he's going toe to toe with these high profile talents. So it just elevates him to that level. But like you said, there's got to be a balance of he's he needs some wins too. Because right. Because I
0: don't want it to be like, oh, Will Hobbs is wrestling, so Team Taz is getting lost tonight. Exactly. Right. And you know you have but gotta Team Taz is still falling apart. But I don't really like the story. I don't I don't like the Team Taz story because it kind of feels like it's all over the place. One week they're okay, one week they're not. One week they're not talking about the the friction. The next week, all of a sudden, now we have an FTW temperature match. So I have no fucking idea.
1: You well, know, Hook is upset. He doesn't like it either. But I am looking forward to Ricky Starks versus Brian Cage. I think that'll be one hell of a match.
0: I, I think from a match standpoint, that's an excellent match. I, I'm i just saying it from this point. like It's like we're, we're just... It's like Team Taz right now doesn't really have much direction. They've been falling apart for a So they're trying to months. almost, like, tell their own story. Like, hey, you know, it's like Taz is trying to conjure up something for these guys to do. And it's like, you know what? Fuck it. If you're not going to give us TV time against you guys, we'll, we'll fucking do it against ourselves. You know, it, that's... I mean, that's just headcanon I'm creating. But it's, it's almost, it kind of feels like but Taz that's is like, hey, but that know, is, we'll just do it ourselves. That's
1: Team Taz shit. That's how this group started. He's like, fuck it. Darby doesn't want to join me. I'm making my own group. Like... That's actually what it's been since its core or since its inception.
0: Yeah, I mean, it keeps the story. Yeah. It keeps the, it keeps the, uh, I don't know what the word is for that. Not the suspension of disbelief, but it's like the continuation. Continuity. The canon, the, you know, the continuity, there you go, of what it is. So, I mean, otherwise, match was good. Hangman Page versus Will Hobbs, I think, is something you can't really go wrong with, but two bigger guys, you know, kind of slapping meat, as they say. It was a pretty good match. And Hangman. Solid B.
1: Gets the win, of course, uh, which puts him at number one in the ranking. Which
0: kind of transitions to Wednesday. We can kind of do this transitions thing. We transitions to Wednesday because it's two part. Yeah, that which works. Is the Dark Order coming out when Kenny Omega spoiler defeats Jungle Boy at the end of Saturday Night is still the world champion addressing the audience. He's also the world champion of Impact. He's the world champion of AAA. So there's all of those factors. But coming in or with this, the Dark Order saying, "Hey, look." Adam Page is number one. And the conversation comes, is Adam Page actually going to step up to the plate?
1: Yeah, because we didn't see him. Dark Order was out there on his behalf.
0: The Adam Page that we see typically on television, the Adam Page story that they're telling, feels like a guy that just doesn't want to be bothered with his past. He doesn't want to be bothered with anything. Kind of drinks away his sorrows. Just kind of doesn't have the motivation to... Doesn't have the support system, but Dark Order's trying to support oh, so, so now you have Dark Order who's
1: trying to, to be that, that support system, provide that friendship that he
0: hasn't had. But he just kind of doesn't really seem like he has any motivation to do it. So, I mean, could this potentially be another example of where Adam Page goes to All Out and falls short of the AEW world title? Is this another story? Where, you know, maybe the first time that he challenged against Jericho, he was too young. He was too he was too new. He was too fresh. He was too tight. And this time he goes into the world title match just because he's number one contender. He goes into this world title match at all out against Kenny Omega and he's just he has no motivation.
1: Too aloof, not motivated, not into he's it. He's not
0: focused. He's not ready. He's not prepared. Now that's the big question. Do you miss the boat? If Adam Page goes into all out and doesn't win the AEW world title, and the title transitions to somebody else that's not Adam Page, regardless of who it is, does that miss the boat on Adam Page now? Do you think it hurts the overall perception of what his character is going to be as they grow through the new year? Because you forget right now, you still have Moxley on the roster. He's just on paternity leave. Kenny Omega is the world champion. You still have Chris Jericho, you have MJF, you have Christian Cage, you have Miro, you have Cody, can't challenge for the belt, but you still have him. You have these big, top-tier, I would say, contenders in that main event slot. You have Brian Cage. Does Adam Page kind of fall away because he's been kind of treated irrelevant for so long? They're starting to gear him back up, but if he doesn't win the world title, because let's just say... This summer, the audience doesn't quite get behind Page the same way they did prior to the pandemic. Does Tony decide to call an audible and to say, hey, you know what? Maybe if we rebuild Adam Page again, another redemption story, but if we rebuild Adam Page for a third time, which is always third time the charm, right? It's kind of like you sell, like he finally can get to the top of the mountain. If they want to sell that story again, it can work.
1: It's, it's really tough because I like the direction like I, I love the dark order promo um, of them you know coming out in support of hangman Adam page it, it, it's almost like this is the perfect time you, you get this like happy ending of sorts where it, it, it's all wholesome he finds his friends well, he gets his he gets his victory goes out on a high note or do you extend it to you know kind of keep everyone on the edge of their seats and what, tantalizing the audience
0: right I because you have them right now in the palm of your hand. Does it make more sense to sell that in the very, very long term? And then it's like an even bigger victory. you just victory. don't want to miss I know. the opportunity with Adam Page. Because the reality here is, I think people have to kind of understand this too. And I don't know what the contracts look like, but these guys may not be in AEW forever. It's not a permanent place. You know, for people to think... At home or people to believe that you know Adam Page wouldn't be tempted by a major main roster offer from the WWE I I mean that that would be nonsense you can't not think about that kind of stuff
1: but you just the future is unknown so it's, it's
0: always been yeah. whether or not it's MjF whether or not it's Adam Page you can't just assume that these individuals are going to sit around and now I'm not saying that world championships matter to them but potentially opportunity, to do big and bad things, as you could say, bigger, badder, number one, kind of stands in the way of not being able to get to that, and MJF has that. And that's why I think we can talk a little bit about, like, MJF. What's what's the future of MJF? Well, we talk about what the future of Adam Page is. What's the future of MJF?
1: Well, I guess we'll just do this kind of all over the place. Uh, no, no real structure. MJF gets the win over Sammy G.
0: Right, which, again, I didn't like.
1: I adored the match. I loved everything about the match up until the finish.
0: And they did wild spots. I mean, he had a tombstone pile driver off the top rope, which is just... I I mean, it doesn't look dangerous because we've seen The Undertaker do it as many times as he does. We've seen Okada do it, you know, and we've seen people do these things. But, man, off the top rope, you are jumping straight to your fucking knees.
1: Well, I said to you uh, earlier. Like, on... it's more—it's dangerous.
0: You have to hold up Sammy Guevara, because you know, these guys aren't big. It's no offense, but it's not like MGF is a tall, big guy who can, you know, hold Sammy Guevara up higher. Well, so like Wardlow. Right, not like Wardlow. Wardlow's not even a tall guy. It's not like Lance Archer, where you know that Sammy Guevara is going to be well-protected. Undertaker 6'10". You know, you don't have to hold him that low. You're going to make sure his head doesn't come close to the ground. But, you know, to do that jumping spot, that was sketchy.
1: No, they they did some crazy shit. And I said to you early on, like, it had this, like, magical, special feeling of the future unfolding before us. It was like Jungle Boy versus MJF or Sammy versus Darby. Like, it, it felt very special.
0: And AEW decided that they were going to give you it without commercial breaks, which was to sell these two guys to tell their story and big, to give their match. It was match. a big match. It was a big deal. It was an A. That was an A. Absolutely. That was Wednesday night's main event. That was an A. Sammy Guevara did a spot that was just, I mean, that was crazy. I mean, he did a front flip out of the ring... Over the barricade. Over the barricade. We he flew. came in hot. Oh
1: my goodness. That yeah. was, like,
0: you know, that's the kind of stuff where you see what Sammy does, and I'm sure backstage you're like, no, 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 no. That yes. was one of
1: the things that made me yes. yell at the TV, right? Because <laughs>
0: like, you know, we when we were, especially in the in the early stages of our wrestling company, I mean, when we started out, we had a, a wrestler that was very ballsy. Young guy, very risky. You would never be able to pass some of these ideas off. Like, jumping out from the top rope through the barricade. We had him He jumped off a bulldozer. Like, one of those back excavators. He jumped off a house. Jumped off a deck. I mean, these are, like, just wild things that we did at that time, very early on, very early stages. It's, like,
1: borderline stupid because yeah, it's so reckless. Yeah, and Guevara
0: is like, on that where you can't tell anybody what you're going to do because it's going to get shot down. You know, if you said, hey, I'm going to jump off this stage, it's like, nope, no, we're not going to do that. You know, we're going to have this street fight, and we're going to walk around, and we're going to go, and whatever, and I'm going to climb up on my house and jump off. It's like, I'm not going to say yes to that. Sammy Guevara just does that shit. Let's climb up this giant pole and have Matt Hardy throw me off, remember?
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: It's like, it's reckless. It's reckless. But Jericho took the cage bump. But this this was good. But MJF gets the victory. Now, I can't figure out, and this is where this is kind of this whole story. It comes back to Adam Page. MJF comes off of this looking strong, and it hurts Sammy Guevara. I mean, Sammy Guevara needs to kind of be the baby face that builds up maybe to go after Miro. And it doesn't have to happen now. It could be a slow build, but not only did Sammy Guevara lose the match. They didn't give him anything at the end of it. MJF stood on top of him. The pinnacle stood strong. I mean, this was like, nope MJF is not getting this rub right now. This We want you guys all to understand it's MJF that's in this position. It's not yet for Sammy.
1: Well, like you had said after the show, you know— it was almost like it was It was not as much about Sammy versus MJF. It was Pinnacle versus Inner Circle, so Pinnacle gets another W. Which I think
0: is, again, but, the mistake. Yeah. Because Sammy is bigger right now than the Inner Circle is. Sammy's the best thing in the Inner Circle. I, I He's starting to kind of branch out of this faction. I'm
1: intrigued to see where they go from here and how they continue to build him, but I didn't like the finish.
0: The match itself was good. The ending was fine. The chair shot to the head. It kept Spears. It kind of sold a little bit of what Spears was going to be. Obviously, he needs he needs that. Now,
1: yeah, all in all, I mean, the pieces, when you put them, when you look at them individually, they were fine. Uh, that was good for Spears and good for Wardlow and to, to keep that prominence, but I just felt like Sammy
0: needed the win. I think the more you think long-term about this circumstance... When the Pinnacle gets finished with Jericho, and MJF gets very high-profile spots, and he's been very, very prominent across television for quite some time now. When he gets finished with Chris Jericho in the Pinnacle, which could potentially happen at All Out, MJF can only go back to the championship picture. So does it make sense at the end of the day to have Adam Page coronated it all out if the fans are not in support. Now, if the fans are at fever pitch again, by the time we get to September, I think it would be a mistake because what you're going to do is you're going to lose that fans or you're going to lose those guys potentially waiting a year for another Adam Page championship match. You're not going to be able to sustain that for a long time. It's tough. And I'm going to go out in the limb and you guys can disagree with me all you want. I am disappointed in the Kenny Omega Championship run. I don't like the character that Kenny transitioned to. Doesn't have to do with the wrestling matches. Matches have been very good. I don't really like the character. I have never bought in. I told you guys this. I've said this how many times in the podcast. I cannot buy into what Kenny Omega is doing. I don't like Don Callis. I don't really like this impact story. I don't like what Kenny's doing. It doesn't feel sincere. It doesn't feel genuine. It doesn't feel really like anything but Kenny Omega's holding the championship and he has it because he's a good wrestler. That's it. This character just feels fake, it's cheesy, it's corny, it's not what I would particularly like at the top of my card on a major wrestling promotion, on a major television platform, week in and week out. And I think you can say fairly that Moxley had a terrific championship run. It was marred by COVID, which was disappointing because he was hot when he won the title. It was the right move and people had questioned whether or not it was time because Jericho was very, very good also. But Jericho at the end started really transitioning to this comedic character that I thought really hurt the inner circle over the past year. You go back and you talk about the the OC stuff and you talk about what the inner circle did before this recent run with Blood and Guts and the Pinnacle, which kind of got that Jericho back to where he was. It was very comedic. And I thought that Jericho was really hurting what it was that he was. And I didn't think that he should have had title shots. He didn't.
1: Yeah, they, they took a lighthearted approach. We had the,
0: the bubbly bunch, right? And I think it really kind of hurt. I know that COVID was what it was. And they thought that during this pandemic, we would be in a situation where you could return at some point with an audience and they were just kind of holding place. But then they realized this wasn't going to be the case. And now, over a year and a half later, is the first time we're going to a major, major city to have a pay-per-view, and that's no offense to Jacksonville Daily's place having a live, raucous audience for Double or Nothing. That was great, and I hope that everybody that went had a great time. But I may, you know, they're on tour, they're traveling, they're going to All Out, they're going to New York, they're going to Chicago and New York in the no, same it's, it's, month.
1: No, it's it's different. Like it's we're back on the road.
0: So now, does Kenny Omega, maybe does it increase a little bit here? But Kenny just kind of fell flat. So maybe it's time to transition away from what Kenny Omega's doing. But if you look at maybe where you want to go, Kenny's the heel. I don't think a heel versus heel match, I mean, yes, it'll be fine. But I just do feel like with Kenny, the the kind of story he tells is similar to MJF in a way. They're both kind of sneaky right now. They're both kind of you know che- Better cheaters. Than you. Yeah, yeah, it's like I don't know if that story makes sense because it's not they dra- They're not they're not drastic differences. They're kind of the same character in a way. Different, you know. I mean, MJF cuts a hell of a promo. You know, Kenny's got his family and the elite that's kind of with him. So it, it's like you know they're different, but it's they're similar. So I I don't know what they do if if Adam Page doesn't win it all out, which could, as you had said, be a benefit to the audience, that fever pitch, waiting for Adam Page to come three times to finally become the world champion of AEW. It would make sense. No, it's
1: it's it's a path that could be taken.
0: But it's another one of those paths that we just watched Adam Page kind of feel a little irrelevant. Up until this point. And then they kind of built back very, very slowly. He became the number one contender. He lost to Brian Cage because they just wanted to elongate the fact that he was going to take on Kenny Omega, but he loses. You got to do the same thing again. He just did it twice. Does the audience eventually kind of say, Hey, you know, I know that we weren't really into Adam Page because he couldn't have the same character. We still like him. But, you know, the audience isn't as hot for him anymore. But is it one of those things that, you know...
1: I feel like the cowboy shit is still pretty over, I hope though. it gets
0: over again. I really do. I hope it does. I hope now that we're going to start to get into that story that it does. And I do hope that Page becomes world champion. Because right now, he has nothing. But imagine, it's not doing anything. There's remember, nothing. Remember... Not relevant.
1: Remember when you had hoped that Hangman would get his little group of bandana-wearing renegades... Okay. We can have that with the Dark Order. No, it's
0: stupid. He could finally have his support. I I understand, but again, it's these. The Dark Order is part of the problem too. We had this conversation two weeks ago. What's their direction? They just exist. Funny guys, like him, like Evil Uno, but they don't. There's no. There's no strong person here. They they're not. They're faces, I guess, but they're not really faces. They're not really heels. They're not really involved in stories. They're not in tag title pictures. They're not in anything. And Adam Page is the same way. It's like we're just in these holdover stories to kind of just build to whatever. MJF is way more prevalent. But that becomes the big question. If MJF does become the champion, let's just say they decide to go in a different direction and Adam Page doesn't become the champion and all that, which might be a better story, but it might be smarter just to kind of rerun it. They weren't scared to do it with Moxley and Omega. So maybe, you know, if it doesn't work out at all out, you rebuild Adam Page in a short turn and you go to full gear maybe. You just kind of do a quick turnaround. Hey, he lost. He's going to refocus and retool in a Rocky style, you know, of montage and kind of get to full gear and maybe win it that way. That way you give him a good, you know, five months of audience time, four months of audience time of live crowd traveling excitement. Because MJF is extremely prevalent right now. Do you think MJF needs the world title too? Because goddamn, It's a lot of MJF. You get a lot of MJF anyway, but it would be double MJF. It would be MJF every single night. And 10, 15 long winded minutes of MJF every night. I think I would, I would uh, change the channel. I don't want to say anything a little more.
1: I wouldn't change Excess. the channel, but <laughs> I I, I, was gonna, don't, I had another
0: thing in my head. I wanted to be you I know, politically don't correct think here. I want to go, you know, outside that is the box.
1: something I need at this exact moment.
0: It's one of those things where, you know, it goes on and you're like, oh boy, okay. But, you know, it's it's something to think about. What could they do? You know, there could be different stories they do. It could change the direction. It would definitely not be redundant to do that. It would be outside no, the box. That's kind of
1: what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, it would be outside the box. Episode
0: but you kind of don't want to do MJF versus Omega because it just this, they're very similar in character, so you kind of want to do a little transition there if you want to do the MJF thing. Because Adam Page can build up and fight MJF. That would be, that would be, oh. Imagine it, at the end of that, if, if everybody can be patient enough and actually hold on. It's tough to do because you're asking them to do it now for three years. And you get back to all out of 2022. This,
1: right, it, in the story that's already been told, this seems like the perfect time, all out 2021.
0: Right. But if you want to go to 2022, because, you know, Adam Page right now is not as over. If you think you can get the audience to get back on the Adam Page train again, because you've got another year that you have to wait for this, you have to keep him relevant because you haven't really done that for a year. After he lost to Kenny Omega, I couldn't tell you what Adam Page has done.
1: He's been in limbo.
0: Yeah. Worked with Matt Hardy for a little bit. He worked with. I mean, he was supposed to work with Mr. Brody Lee, but unfortunately, that didn't work out. So he worked with Matt Hardy, which was still good. But you know, he worked with Matt Hardy, and then he, you know, he's kind of been working with the Dark Order a little bit here. He worked with Team Taz, which felt very transitional. And it's just—he's—he's he's stuck. He needs a title because it gets him out of this this hole. But you know, at the same time, since he's in the hole, which is no creation other than what AEW has given him, giving him the world title kind of feels like eh maybe it could have been done better. So that way you don't do it. You do a little, you know, quick little reset. You get MJF the belt. He pisses everybody off that they can't wait for Adam Page to get the belt off him. Because they're so tired of watching MJF, I can't wait. I, like, salivate to think that Adam Page can finally be the champion and get MJF off my fucking television screen. (laughs) You know? Because at that point, he's going to be shoved down your goddamn throat. He's going to be John Cena. And if you guys weren't John Cena fans before... But we have another champion, which is Miro, who had a match against Brian Pillman Jr., which is really starting to make it look like this is the TNT championship that we expected. He's fighting every week. He's battling guys in and out. It doesn't really matter about the rankings for this belt as long as he's defending it on television. It's a TV title.
1: Yeah, so last uh, Saturday Night Dynamite, he became God's favorite champion.
0: I think they're starting to find the TNT rhythm here. Yeah. I can kind of feel it. You know, we did it with Darmy Allen. Obviously, he wasn't champion for a minute. I mean, he was, but he was he wasn't really defending it. And it, it's not quite the Cody Open Challenge, but it's Miro. He's God's champion.
1: God's favorite champion.
0: God's favorite champion, which was such a great story. I mean, I the love fact, it. I love that, it. Like, I fucking love it. What do you say? He thanks Jesus for being like a superman.
1: He thanks God for his power and for his hot wife. It's and it's, it, no, it's, it's top tier.
0: Yeah. Shit really. Right really. Here. And then he's, he's fighting these guys. It's like Brian Pillman's been on television. We kind of know him. He's not, he's not a complete JD Drake and JD Drake's now been on television. So I, you, you, Wait, but at the time, taking
1: those shots. no.
0: Yeah. But at the time he wasn't. So, you know, it wasn't yeah. just this outside guy who God no And nobody knows from dark. You know, JD Drake and the wingman have been on television more so often. So, you know, they're, they're a little bit more relevant. Yeah. But you know, yeah, you know, Brian Pillman is part of the tag team, had a tag team title shot. He gets a chance at Miro, doesn't quite feel like just some dark guy.
1: No, this is this is what we've talked about, where they're making use of the roster and, and, and diversifying the T V time.
0: Underdog for sure. Mm-hmm. But not a guy that you know, I mean, nobody thought he was gonna win, but not a guy that didn't think they didn't belong there. So Mira wins this match. He's gonna move on. Obviously, I don't know what direction he's gonna go in with the TNT title at this exact moment, which is okay.
1: One of our friends, uh, we've talked about it too, was like, I wouldn't hate a Lance Archer rematch.
0: No, I wouldn't either. I would we'll see what he does. All out.
1: Um but yeah, I mean, this is going to be a a dominant dominant reign here.
0: Yeah, and I think that. If they can even move the title, I mean, you don't want to do it right now with Miro because this is a really perfect character to just give him the belt and let him run through a bunch of guys for yeah. a while. It's like the perfect character,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: And so, you know, you don't want to do it yet, but you know, eventually, I want to see him take on guys like Sammy Guevara. And I think if you can build Sammy into a face, you know, by maybe November of next year, and I, I'm talking this year, I'm sorry, uh, you know, you're talking that—that's a long time. But this is a different type of character. This works for Miro. I don't want to see Miro kind of get fl- I mean, you could do a fluky one, too, if you want to give somebody a quick babyface pop. No, but pop. This,
1: is, this is a reign that should go on for a little Yeah, bit.
0: It, it, it can go on until November. Yeah. And you can kind of sell it to the next pay-per-view or the special in October or whatever you it is you want to do. And, you know, you kind of sell. Miro gets this match. He finally builds up against Sammy Guevara or somebody babyface like that, and they win, the, they win the TNT title, which I think is just the way to go. Miro's title right now. This is the best thing going on for the championships outside of the box. I mean, but this is the best thing going on right now because this story seems to be the TNT title, which was floating around. We kind of, you know, they needed kind of direction for it because Cody wanted to set a president for it, and then Darby kind of lost the president a little bit because of Sting. wasn't his fault. Great stories, good stuff, but you know, they lost kind of the title. They had to move it off of them, and now it's on Miro. We're getting back on track with what I think the belt should be to begin with.
1: But I think this is. Cody did a nice job of highlighting the talent. Like, they put on great matches, but then it would end in a Cody win, and it was like. And a lot of those guys
0: at the time weren't even signed. They were just kind of who's who's. Like,
1: that's how we got Ricky Starks. Yeah, it was. Uh, So the matches were great, but with this, it's like Miro is elevating the, the talent around him, but they're not hurt by the loss, I feel like, because Miro's so dominant. If that makes sense, no, it makes it, sense. It's a different. It's even though they're doing the same thing, it's it's a well, different. I don't reign. feel like
0: Brian Pillman Jr. got buried because he lost to Miro. No, that's, no. that's
1: exactly. Because
0: Miro just had a better character in terms of this style of run. I think this is good. I mean, I I think he had a good promo. They built it up a little bit. They kind of told a little story. Jericho discussed a little bit about his dad, Brian Pillman. You know, when they talked about Brian Pillman Jr., how he's like him, because he did the documentary, I believe, Mm -hmm. which was Dark Side of the Ring. I think they did it on Brian Pillman. So, you know, there was a lot of this going into it, and I I, I think this was good. This was solid stuff, you know, and that that kind of is this. The TNT title is doing well. You have Britt Baker... Who we can kind of like wish Rebel the best. Yeah, in her she injury. dislocated
1: her knee. Ho- um, hopefully she has a speedy recovery. That's yeah. Helpful. I hope
0: that everything kind of works out. I don't. I don't want to hear that. So we can transition to another champion, like you said, was which is Britt Baker. And you know she had the match against Vicky Guerrero this past Wednesday. Mm-hmm. They sold the last one. They're obviously going to be building up, I believe, for Fighter Fest. Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker. I
1: think it's night two, if I'm not okay, mistaken. Okay, so it's Fighter Fest, not Fire. Fight for the Fallen. No, I believe Fighter it's Fest. Fighter Fest. I thought it was night two, but yeah, so they're going be... to Fighter
0: Fest. Yep. Women's title in Texas. Both of them are in Texas. One's in Garland. One's in the H E B Arena.
1: I'm not like sure. Corpus
0: Christi. I think so. Maybe they're going back to Corpus Christi. I I might be wrong. You guys can correct me. Uh, but one of them is completely sold out. So good for them. Uh, AW Women's Championship, Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker, that's going to be a big highlight. But again, it's kind of that thing where Nyla's kind of the first challenge to every champion. And it's obvious when you face Nyla that Britt Baker, even though she's got the heel character, she's a face. Because Nyla's bad. Nyla's never good. <laughs> Nyla's, Nyla's evil. Like, you know, Nyla, Nyla is... Nyla is
1: the native beast, right. and they are the vicious vixens. She's got Vicky right. in her corner. You got Vicky like, in your corner. They're the, like, they're like, the like, bad like, bitches. Like, she's here. bad. Yeah.
0: So, maybe Britt's a tweener, I guess, but the crowd loves her. DMD's over. Yeah. Britt Baker's great character. She's a great champion. She comes into the tag team match. I didn't really think that Vicky Guerrero was going to wrestle. I actually thought it was going to be a spot that they were going to sub out. I
1: know. We, we thought that maybe this would be a debut.
0: Because Vicky's kind of got... Andrade, and she's got Nyla Rose, and I thought maybe this was going to be kind of that third member of whoever's going to be involved in it. So, you know, Andrade, speaking of him, he never spoke about what his surprise was going to be.
1: Because Matt something interrupted him. Because Matt
0: something interrupted him, which was a great I loved
1: that. I loved that so much. And he looked fantastic, as usual, in that all-white suit.
0: I mean, like... That was a material. But the fact that they didn't let this guy do these things in WWE just doesn't make sense. What's the problem with him cutting a hilarious promo?
1: Against Matt something. Like, I am so pumped for that match next week.
0: If you can't read subtitles, guys, I mean, come on.
1: No, that was that was a great segment.
0: And that was a great promo. So he's gonna face Matt Seidel, which I think is a good match. Yeah. I think Matt Seidel he's he's kind of been using this role and I think it's the perfect role because he's he's just big enough a star. Everybody knows who Matt Seidel is. You can put him in these matches. He got a win. Speaking of, yeah, so he took on Dante to Martin, night. which was a crazy match. As,
1: as, as I expected. I mean,
0: loved but it. It's a way that, you know, Matt Seidel's in the perfect role where he can lose to the big guys, beat the small guys, keep himself in this, like, low mid-card range where you watch a match, you know it's going to be a solid one. You also know Andrade's going to get a win over this over Matt Seidel, but he's also going to, you know, burn off some rust and get an opportunity to get out there in AEW and try a new ring, try a new environment, you know, and kind of catch up to their speed. I think it's the perfect guy. Matt Seidel's a great hire. People kind of go, oh, I don't know what they're going to do with him. But it doesn't matter. That's not what it's about. What Matt Seidel's doing for AEW right now is perfect. Absolutely. You cannot ask for more. So I... I'm very, very high on what Matt Seidel is doing.
1: I know. I completely agree. Um, Jumping back to Saturday Night Dynamite, we had Bunny versus Statlander in singles action. Uh, They announced for Road Rager, we're going to be getting the first ever AEW uh, mixed tag match on Dynamite.
0: Yeah, and I think that's actually something, when that popped up, I I was like, like,
1: that's fucking awesome.
0: Yeah, I was like, hey.
1: Bunny and Blade versus Chris Statlander and Orange Cassidy. Love it.
0: And it's different. Yeah. It's a short story. It's kind of this little thing. Gives them something to do. Statlander's working her way back in the match because, you know, she's been out. So she's working her way back in. Bunny's kind of getting more reps, too. Both of them are just getting more reps coming back because Bunny didn't wrestle for a year. Yeah. So it's like, you know, they're, they're both kind of, you know, getting back to where they they need to be in terms of what they have in the women's division, especially since they're hitting the road. You want to sharpen a little bit because these are the individuals. You're not going to have all those extra talents. So these are the individuals that you're going to have to kind of get on television. Well, Statlander's a little bit more prominent than Allie, but, you know, you kind of need Allie out there for that type of purpose. You have Abaddon, who still hasn't been back since losing to Sheena. Sheena's kind of off television for a little bit. She'll make her return soon. I can feel it.
1: And Yuka Sakazaki's coming back for her excursion, right? Riho's
0: back. We saw her against Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb's still around, but she lost the NWA title, so you kind of want to keep her at bay a little bit. You have Yuka Sakazaki, who's excellent, coming back. Maybe Maki Ito will come back soon.
1: Maybe. But, no, I, I think that'll be a really unique matchup. I'm super excited for it. And um, it's a good way for them to get another women's segment on the show.
0: Yeah, and at some point with Rampage, something else has to come. They got to get another women's segment. So, obviously Britt Baker is the big headliner, she's the big poster, she's the poster child as they say. They're
1: going to Pittsburgh.
0: Yep, they're going to Pittsburgh. They have her on Wednesday and the Friday they have her as the poster child, poster girl, Britt Baker. It's a great poster by the way. I wish they would sell that for somebody. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's a great poster. I like the Rampage Style, the little commercials, they kind of are like, you know, WCW Thunder, sort of. You got little lightning bolts coming through. I I like the whole thing, so.
1: We are excited for Rampage. But yeah, what else did we have on Saturday night, Dynamite? uh, Conan and and Tully faced off in the ring.
0: Yeah, that's going to be something. Obviously, you know, we have a a six-man match, trios match. You have uh, Proud and Powerful and Jake Hager against Sean Spears and FTR. So that's going to be on Road Rager. You're going to have Conan in the corner. You're going to have Tully in the corner. Conan took a bump. So this is, you know, they're coming together with this type of feud. Yeah. Obviously, they're a little hold. It's it's holding over. It's a weird way to do it. Usually, you culminate in the big faction matches, which I said. Yeah. This just kind of feels a feeling. I'm excited to see it. FTR is so good. Oh, yeah. And Proud and Powerful are so good. These guys are top of the class. That's the stuff And we're like,
1: going to be getting, uh, we've got to be getting j- uh, just a traditional tag match between the two at some point. Yeah,
0: and we have to be getting Proud and Powerful win those tag titles soon. Right? New York, I mean, it baby. Just, you can't anymore. I mean, this is like the Adam Page. You've run this dry where it's like, god damn it. These are the best. I mean, the best teams that you have, the Bucks, the FTR, Proud and Powerful, really, those are the guys that I think are the absolute tops of AEW. And then you have, of course, you have Lucha Brothers. You have Best Friends. I mean, those guys are top fives. 'Cause SCU's now split and retired, who, you know
1: Speaking of the Bucks. And Ethan though, Page and
0: Scorpio Sky now.
1: Speaking of the Bucks. Saturday Night Dynamite, which Buck wore it best? Rich has finally come to his senses.
0: That was on Wednesday.
1: No, was Saturday.
0: No, it was Wednesday.
1: It was Saturday and Wednesday.
0: And the mutton chops? Didn't have mustaches on Saturday.
1: No, he had full beard and that matching like grey and black two-piece.
0: No, I don't know about that. You you tweeted! Yeah, I don't know about that.
1: No, Nick, Rich has come to his senses.
0: But then Nick I think I, I think I corrected myself. I think I went back. What was my second tweet?
1: I think you gave it to Blade, but <laughs> he's not in this.
0: Uh, did Blade not look great?
1: I'm not saying he didn't, but this is which Buck wore it best. we it's finally the award. The which Buck wore
0: best award goes to Blade. It is
1: Nick. This is where the segment concludes.
0: <laughs> but the next week, which was the Wednesday when Nick Jackson came out looking like Rick Steiner,
1: I was I was upset that the beard was gone, but I do love the stash. Do you? I do.
0: As Elite Hunter Caz would say.
1: Oh, I love some Elite which, Hunter Kaz, too. What, what an too. addition
0: I did right there. I should, that was, you know, I should that was brilliant. Honest. I should write these stories.
1: Elite Hunter Caz. Mustache. Lots of facial hair going on. <laughs> Kenny was rocking a stash too.
0: Yeah, he had the old like Triple H. Yeah, I know. Yeah, she so was like, ooh.
1: It looked good on him, but.
0: I mean, look, it doesn't really look good on anybody. <laughs> no, I
1: liked it. But. Yeah, so they set Did up. Did Nick
0: Jackson wear it best on Wednesday? I think he may have, yes.
1: He did. And you also said on Saturday you can go back and look at his tweets again.
0: But it's possible that Blade did it. I <laughs> you know.
1: can't interject him into this segment. That's not how this
0: works. But. Ash, if you don't want to acknowledge that there's other styles in AEW that are better than the Bucks right now, I can't help you out. No.
1: This is I can't even decide, but you know wore it here, best. here's the thing,
0: Jrj. Jrj comes and he's like, you know, there's there's the wingman.
1: I that which wingman wore, it but that's, that's a its challenge.
0: Own... It's like they're they're all right now. Like we we talked a little bit about J D Drake, but then he came back.
1: He was like fuck you guys. Yeah, he came <laughs> right
0: back. So no, that's it's oof. the challenge right now is that the wingmen are too close to call. It, it's very you tough. can't divide them. They're like their own entity in like the witch buck wore it best that's which wingmen wore it best right but it's like they are almost their own category like the wingmen wore it better than these guys today because the wingmen right now they they, they showed the promo they cut a promo and all four of them looked fantastic I can't pick who looked best Peter Avalon has been looking pretty good
1: he has been I will say like if I had to pick a favorite it is difficult
0: it's difficult but Peter Avalon but JD Drake
1: right up there
0: JD Drake bounced back yeah Yeah. Ryan
1: Nemeth love the suits
0: it's kind of the same jacket, though. Let's see what Nemeth, I mean, well, let's see what he does. Let's see Cesar, if he goes outside Cesar the box. Bonani,
1: like though? I, well, him and
0: Peter Avalon look kind of the same all the time. They're like buddies. Aren't they like tag team? Aren't they the tag team? I, I thought they dressed similar. You correct me if I'm wrong. But Peter Avalon, you mentioned it the other day, and I kind of was like, oh, I'll pay attention to him. He looked pretty I, good. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I want to see Ryan Nemeth go outside his comfort zone, which is sparkly jacket. Let's see him go outside He's the It's the Hollywood It doesn't matter. Let's see him go outside the, the, the comfort zone. All right. Ryan Nemeth, we're just going after you now. <laughs> Let's go outside the comfort zone. Let's see a different. I want to see something different out of Ryan Nemeth. Got great taste, good style, good jacket, good showmanship. What about something just outside the box? Like the box, they show up, they look different each week. Which wingman wore it best? It was Peter Avalon, I think, this week. Tough, though. It's tough. Because Caesar Bonanis look good, too. They both look very good.
1: Yeah. But we had the Bucks versus Eddie Kingston and Penta. Uh, If Eddie and Penta get the win, they get an AEW World Tag Team Championship shot. And that is exactly what happened. We'll be getting that match next week at Road Rager.
0: It just feels like we are... This one's a holding pattern. We have had so many iterations of like Moxley, Kingston, Lucha Bros over the past two and a half months, three months that it's like I don't even
1: know. They're like their right. own faction, but yeah, not a I faction.
0: But it's been the same match. Match was solid, but every one of their matches is solid. It they're all their matches are very good. Of course. But all of their matches are solid where it just kind of becomes like, you know, I don't mind seeing it, but I don't know if I want to see it every week.
1: I wasn't expecting Eddie and Penta to get the win, but then they did. Not expecting them well, to win I, next week. I actually week, liked it but... because
0: Eddie came out he was focused. Like, yeah. he, they, they sold, the camera was on him, there was good camera cuts because AEW, man, I'll tell you, you got on television for two years and you still fucking botch these camera cuts. You still miss these fucking moves. Like when Matt Hardy gave Christian Cage the, the, uh, the twist of fate on Saturday night, or I believe, yeah, I think it was Saturday night. I mean, uh, fuck, man. How do you miss this shit? Nonetheless... They captured the image of Eddie Kingston so focused and tooled in, ready to protect He's his friend Penta. Like blood, this, yeah. is, this is something that's good. I mean, this was a good match, always a good match. Solid B, they get the match against, uh, against the Bucks again now for the tag titles. The Bucks will defend, but you're going to Road Rager, another one of the matches. It just kind of feels at this point that we've seen it so many times that it's like, you know, this match did not feel any different than the previous
1: but at the same time, I guess at least we are getting championship matches. Yeah, but like that's good. the other solid, side of the, solid the wrestling spectrum. Quality. The belt is being defended, so that you know that's part of the problem. Like it's, that's not part of the problem, but that's what we need.
0: It's big caliber wrestlers, top star guys, Penta Kingston against the Box. These are big names: Moxley, Phoenix, Pack. These are big names, big matches. So it's not filler. No. It's just the same. Every week you we have the same kind of match or just some iteration of that little faction against the Bucks. So, you know, at some point this is going to conclude. I'm hoping a Road Rager we can kind Maybe of Maybe they'll be this their own be
1: like giant faction when Mox I think returns. they already are.
0: And then Lance Archer is kind of like this outside guy who comes in and
1: out. We need more pack. But uh yeah, Elite Hunter Kaz, I mean, he he just comes out of nowhere and uh fucking brutalizes the the super elite, so I love that.
0: I just and wonder what they're going to do, what the conclusion of the Kaz run is.
1: I don't, it's so compelling, but yeah, I don't know where yeah, it's, it's great. ultimately uh, going. Elite
0: Hunter Kaz is absolutely like the best character right now.
1: Yeah, 100%. It's the coolest
0: character to play.
1: I, he just comes out of nowhere and just fucking starts it's, it's wailing the on them. It's the coolest character to so play good. because you
0: know that it's going to be cool. Yeah. Like when you do something that you know is going to be a cool character... It's like they're
1: Kaz, executing it perfectly.
0: Kaz is killing as, it as a wrestler. You know, Kaz comes out and goes. I know this is going to be yeah. good, regardless of what the audience feels. The audience likes it, but regardless of what they feel, you know it's good and it is good. It's good TV. It's good storytelling. So it just it feels good. You know, everything that he's doing is a step in the right direction. But what do they do with it? Which is still a question we've asked. We don't know what's the conclusion to this. We don't know.
1: We're just coming along for the ride. It's enjoyable. I mean, you
0: can say you can say that. There, but there, like, there are people that are like you out there that say, you know, and I think this is part of this conversation, and podcast that we have to identify that too. There are people that say, I want to go along for the ride. I want to see where it goes. Then there's a lot of people out there that go, I would like to kind of see what the conclusion or what the end result, not the result, but the end goal is when they're doing the story. It is a lot more fun when you could just kind of check aside and just go, let's just ride with Lee Hunter Cass. right? Yeah. When you have people like you myself, it's like, what is the goal though? I don't have to know the result.
1: No, we've we've talked but what's about that kind of though. The goal like, is he going to go after shooting for Kenny? Is he trying to take down the Bucks? Like, we know where he stands, but we don't at the same time. Like, yeah, what is he actually trying to do?
0: And then this is the coolest character because Kaz, and it's no offense to Kaz, but he, and I love CD, but they were kind of in the SCU box for a long time, that tag team box. So this is the first time that Kaz this has done has a something. a nice
1: edge to like it. Like a
0: nice singles thing yeah. in, in quite some time. So let, let's... Let, I'm let's, into it. You know, totally give, him his chance, it. give him his chance to, to do his thing.
1: But wrapping up Saturday Night Dynamite and um, kind of concluding up with Wednesday, Ethan Page versus Bear Bronson. Uh, that ultimately set up the coffin match with Darby Allin.
0: Which then got delayed... They were saying there could have been a reason for the delay, which was the Miami situation, which is obviously tasteful, but I don't like the stories of like, you can't touch me. They've done it like three times now.
1: The stipulations, the same
0: stip, right? It was like you know, MJF like was like, you can't touch we me. We have Cody. MJF versus yeah, and Kenny and like Moxley do the same thing. Um, Jericho does it. It's just the same. MJF story and all Jericho
1: time. are facing off next week, where yeah. he's going to be laying out his stipulations. Yeah, again, it's,
0: it's I, I'm not a big fan of that because it just feels like they do it a lot. That's all. But you know, the coffin match at some point is going to be crazy. So if I it think happens, that yeah,
1: that's uh, yeah. that's different. That'll be fun. And then of course we had the. The big main event which you already touched on was Kenny Omega versus Jungle Boy for the AEW <Splint>. World Championship. But,
0: I mean the match was great. Fantastic. I think it was a good way to get it was the right it was the right story, but again, it, it's happened in short order. You can't really compare Jungle Boy to Adam Page because Jungle Boy's build is short. It's different. Yeah, different when, stories. It's different. It's only been a year he's had all these opportunities. It's like Adam Page doesn't have many, so it's a very long build. Not everything has to be a long build, but in Adam Page's story you can, you know, As they say in citations, you can go back to like the 18-20 minute mark and check it out again, what we talked about Adam Page, MJF, and Omega. But with Jungle Boy, it kind of feels like we're going to be going into somewhere along a Christian feud. It's obviously, it's kind of like obvious that Christian's going to turn on him at some point. We're going to head toward like a Christian feud, which could be great. I mean, I think Christian's been awesome. I mean, look, he had the Matt Hardy thing. They lo- they couldn't even, like, punch each other. Yeah, well, so... Oh, God.
1: You know, Jungle Boy, of course, do- doesn't get the win. Comes out looking like a star. His future is very bright. Uh, this past week on Dynamite Wednesday night, we had Jungle Boy versus Jack Evans. Jungle Boy gets the win. He is the first AEW wrestler to reach 50 wins, 50 singles wins. And then you have Christian coming out to his aid against Matt Hardy.
0: So Well, I can mark out all I want. You know, I, I think yeah. watching Matt Hardy and Christian Cage, I like it. It's just like kind of, you know, your, your childhood guys, you know, you're watching it. Like, I'll remember, or I do remember, it was a SmackDown event, and this was kind of, I, I tell this story a lot, and it's a SmackDown event where John Cena, our champion, I'm calling it our champ because as a kid, I could only watch SmackDown, you know, I moved to Friday nights, that was a big deal for me it was like 2005 I was like 12 13 I'm going to middle school and this was like a big deal for me that was kind of like my that my time you know so I'm watching Smackdown is the only one I could stay up late for and they did this big story where you know Batista came he was the last draft pick became he was the world champion he needed to crown a world champion and it was like you know I'm watching guys like Christian Cage wrestling in these battle royals and Christian there was a there was a battle world they did to crown the SmackDown champion, right? We don't know what the belt was going to be. Teddy Long was, you know, whatever. And Christian thought he won. But I remember watching the match because I hated JBL. I don't think anybody liked JBL, but I hated JBL. It was like it was despise. I mean, come on. So Christian thinks he wins the match, and JBL beats him. And it was like, oh, just this crushing defeat. But then we got Batista. But it was like one of the last times that we saw Christian really in WWE. It was like really one of the last prominent roles he did. He we went to TNA and became the world champion. So, you know, it's I've been following Christian for so long that it, it feels good to watch him against Matt Hardy. Of course, Matt Hardy at the same time was coming back to WWE to go after Edge in that real-life situation, that whole Lita thing, which was just a great story. It's just that was These guys were kind of like the prime. And I've always kind of been like a Matt Hardy guy over a Jeff Hardy guy, which I feel like nobody is. Mart. Mart. I'm so sorry. I've always been a Mart guy over a Jet guy. But it was only because I always felt that Matt, maybe I was a little older. Time I always felt that Matt was telling more convincing stories. Now, nothing can replicate like Undertaker versus Jeff Hardy. You can't, you know, you can't replicate that feeling that Jr. sold that on. That was a great match, but Matt always kind of told you these different stories. And he, you know, he transitioned from that to getting the full time gig. He went over to SmackDown. He was ECW champion for a hot minute. Uh, you know, he was United States champion. He was working with MVP. I mean, that was some really good stuff too. People sleep on what Matt Hardy did in WWE. So. You know, everybody talks about the Broken gimmick. But Matt's been doing this for a long time, and he's been doing it well. So I'm excited to see Christian and Matt Hardy together. I might be the only one, but I'm excited for it.
1: No, that that's definitely um, a singles match that's on the horizon. Uh, maybe Fighter Fest, maybe Fight for the Fallen. They could extend it to All Out. Um, I don't know.
0: I got to figure out what's... Uh, not me, but like, I, I'd like to figure out what's going on with Christian. What is it that they want to do with Christian? You know, is he is he going to be fighting Kenny Omega at some point? Uh, you know, I mean, because he's a baby face. I mean, he's got to plan- turn heel they against They planted Strangle those
1: boy. seeds very early, yeah. so that is uh, d- definitely a possibility, I'd say. I,
0: I would just like to see him... I liked the story when Matt, like, kind of locked him in the cage. He, like, had to get out. Christian that in whole, the cage? Yeah, Christian in the cage. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he they, they had to get out. It was like, you know, like... Fuck you, Matt. Like I've known you for so fucking long, like you know, whatever it is and
1: Well it's 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 smart to play on their history. I mean duh. It
0: almost feels like familial. Like yeah. as if like it's like a family feud because they've been so entrenched for literally twenty years. They literally created each other's careers off of no, each other. No, it
1: feels very like uh organic. It's just,
0: it's and I natural. think that Matt Hardy's been doing really good stuff. I mean, the last match he really had was against Darby Allen. Yeah. Which was just excellent. Yeah. I mean, just. I, I think mean, that's
1: one of your favorite TNT championship matches, right?
0: Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. I mean, dog collar match was great. Yeah. Even when Mr. Brody Lee defeated Cody to uh, begin with, which yeah. was the short squash, was great. Yeah. You know, the Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen match was great. And that's why I'm looking forward to Sammy Guevara and other matches could be great. But anyway, you know, two dynamites capturing them both it's kind of going to be a similar style i think going forward with rampage on how we just kind of transition between what happens on both shows
1: yeah so those episodes uh, will probably be dropping on saturdays
0: yeah we're going to try to get them out as soon as rampage ends it's going to kind of be like this one we're going to jump all over the place because we want to talk about the stories more than anything else we like to talk about the stories directions what makes sense what doesn't make sense you know a lot of podcasts and we could do it too but a lot of podcasts like to break down the wrestling matches look if it's bad, I'll tell you it's fucking bad. On the pay-per-views, I like to break them down. But on these Dynamites, it's more about what's going on as much as the match. So obviously Sammy Guevara and MJF had a fantastic main event. And Jungle Boy and Omega had a fantastic main event. But again, that was one of those main events. And I, again, it's me. That we knew the result. I knew the winner. I couldn't. Buy in as heavy you can't as I suspend saw, because I mean, Twitter was like melting over it. You know, the the internet was melting over this match. But that from was a, match a standpoint, plus. it
1: was fantastic. It was very good. Yeah. I just
0: knew you know the result, but there's not not sometimes you know the result, but you don't. But you have that suspension of disbelief where it may be, and it never felt at all maybe.
1: Yeah, I I understand.
0: I hate that. I hate that. It, but it was a good platform for jungle boy great match i don't i don't disagree with that feeling
1: no, no no yeah it was not for you it wasn't the match itself it's just you know kenny was gonna win so you're just waiting you're sitting but there you're getting, waiting for I
0: also felt like hey Jungle Boy's got the spotlight yeah. he's in the main event oh, he let's see what it. he does because he hates promos let's see what he does he's got to do this now he's got to be the star he has to start taking those next steps as these next single star coming up because he's still young but in the next 4 or 5 years he has to transition to telling his own story on the microphone he has to transition to doing some of those things that you know a a standard major singles competitor does so he's starting and he's working with some of the best in the absolute business in kenny omega like you know these guys he's working with chris jericho kenny omega and they're they're helping him along the way so it's he's in great air
1: i don't think the the spot looked too big for him it did not no like he he killed it it was a great match same thing with sammy and mjf i think that's one of my favorite matches um of the year thus far. We're in July, which is crazy. I don't know yeah, it does, how I mean, we it got it, here. Uh,
0: Orange Cassidy faced Jericho in a Mosa match in All Out last year and it felt like it just happened.
1: Oh, shit. That was, oh, my God. I guess that was All Out last year. Yeah.
0: It feels like it just happened. Crazy.
1: But, um, yeah, two solid weeks of dynamite and we are back on Wednesdays and it feels great.
0: Yeah, and uh, starting August 14th, Podcast will be Saturdays, we'll cover Rampage.
1: Saturdays, possibly Sundays, pay-per-views permitting, uh, New yeah, Japan permitting.
0: Too. That's gonna be wild to do be you know, put that together too. We'll let you guys know. We'll Mostly without out. a pay-per-view and whatever, you know, it'll be Saturdays, but maybe Mondays on pay-per-views.
1: We are trying to Especially get ourselves to all Sundays. out. Yeah, so we're trying. We'll see how that goes. But with that Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, hope you're doing well, staying safe, enjoying summer, and getting ready for this uh, wild lineup of shows AEW has coming up for the month of July. We are at Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter, at Dojo and Dynamite on Instagram, dojoanddynamite at gmail.com, and we will be back later next week with another episode. Thanks, guys.